and welcome back to Slightly Above Average. I am Andrew, and I am joined always by Kyler Lauren. Hello. We are back, and we have a special episode today. We have a special guest today. Oh, yeah. Yes, oh. we do. Uh, today's episode is going to be all about religion. I don't know where it's going to take us, but we're just going to see. Yep. And to talk about religion, we have Zachary Emerling on the podcast. Welcome aboard. How's it going? Thank you for having me. Wow, this is going to be a special day. Um, we have Zach on. Zach, um, I guess we could speak for all of us. I mean, we're not experts. Nope. Me and Kyle are definitely not experts in religion. Um, Zach uh, is a religious person. He has his beliefs, so we thought, why don't we just have him on? He's an average guy and just see what his take is and see if he can educate us. Yeah, we have lots of questions. Lots of questions. We yeah. want to be educated. Yep. Um, all right, so... Um, why don't we just start off with, Zach, what religion are you? So I am a Christian. I was raised uh, more of a Baptist sort of background. Okay. Um, but within Christianity, you have a number of denominations. And we don't have to split hairs here today, but basically the idea is within Christianity um, that we are broken people in need of a Savior and ultimately... Uh, we have a loving father who sent his son to die on the cross for us. And through that, we are have the opportunity to have salvation um, through only grace by no work of our own. Can we achieve that? Can we get to heaven? It's only through grace and through uh, the redemptive work of the cross and the gospel and God's love. Um, and that's more or less uh, Christianity in a, in a nutshell. All right. All right. So let's, wow. we can start off. Let's uh, maybe break this down. He's prepared. Let's break this down. So right. we'll start with uh, God first of all. So what? It, so God, what does the Bible say? God created us. Yeah, God created the heavens and the earth and us and. Okay, where did the dinosaurs come in? Where did the dinosaurs come in? <laughs> uh, you know, that's an interesting question. Dinosaurs are not explicitly named in the Bible, so. Well, uh, they some say like um, that a day in the bible terms isn't like an actual day mm -hmm. it was like a long time but i don't know they said that they like had adam and eve and then dinosaurs weren't talked about but we found dinosaurs that is true i mean there are other creatures that have been found on the earth besides dinosaurs that weren't explicitly mentioned in the bible um but fair point and you're kind of yeah you're mentioning that um Creation in the Bible was uh, talked about uh, on a seven-day uh, stretch, yeah. with, on, with, on, with the seventh day, God resting and, and uh, practicing Sabbath. Yeah. Um, and there is some people uh, in the faith that believe that it's not a literal seven days that really, um, that, that can mean anything, because yeah. what, is, what is day and night to God, and that, that can be metaphorical. Yeah. Um, I believe that those are... More open-handed issues uh, that aren't defining uh, of the faith. Um, me personally, I believe that that is a literal seven days that in that 24-hour span, God created uh, Adam and Eve, God created the animals and, and such throughout that creation in six days and, and on the seventh day rest. So do you take the whole Bible as literal? I do. Okay. So where are the dinosaurs? Did they, do you think, was it just not uh, Was Jurassic Park based on a true story? Were dinosaurs just not talked about, so that's I, what you I, say? Yeah, more or less, okay. yes. Okay, okay. Okay, why don't we, 
Let's rewind a little bit. Okay, go back. Sorry. We, we jumped in. We jumped right in. We went right straight, <laughs> yeah. straight to dinosaurs. Dip in the toe. We're cannonballing, <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm about it. Right in. We don't we don't hold back. Um, so like you said, you're a Christian. You were born that way. So did you? Do you feel like you chose your faith, or were you raised into your faith? Because your your whole family is religious, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, it's kind of as a yes for me. Ultimately, you're you're saved by your own faith. You're not going to be saved by your parents' faith or anybody else in your, in your family's faith. Um, but that was being born into a Christian family, uh, attending church was normal for me. And so I was kind of, I was raised into that and, and raised into those beliefs. Um, and so for a long time, Ed, those, those things have always been important and kind of normal to me. Um, it was, but it was really, uh, there was a point and an turning point where I, where I started taking them more seriously and, and my family's faith and my parents' faith really was becoming my own. Um, because ultimately, that's what it has to be. It can't be your parents' faith. It can't be your family's faith. It right. has to be your faith. Yeah. Um, and so for me, um, I, I can't come up with a, with a specific date. But really, uh, as I was graduating high school, there was just a turning point for me. And realizing the gravity of, of my sin and realizing more of God's grace. And really from kind of graduating high school to now, uh, I guess I'm five years out of high school. Um, has really been a growing process for me. Um, and the gravity of my sin and the um, depths of God's love and grace, um, having spent some time uh, on doing some short-term mission trips, uh, some some time down in Mexico really uh, just kind of shook me to my core some and just made me really consider these things on a deeper level. And I think um, time spent down in Mexico uh, after I graduated high school was really a pivotal point for me and really was a time when I really, uh, when my faith started becoming my own. So basically like your family, your family being religious, it was, no, it made it normal for you, but you basically kind of found faith on your own. Like you went and it wasn't like your family's religion. You kind of made like you found like your own why basically. Exactly. I think okay. it was, I always kind of had the what, but mm -hmm. I didn't really have the, the why I think is a good way of, of phrasing it. And it wasn't always what, I, it always didn't, and that didn't always mean a lot to me. Right. There were there wasn't a lot of depth there for a, for a long time, uh, until the more recent past. So, do you think, say, your family wasn't religious, and when you were born and when you were growing up, do you think you still would have found it, found your way to Christianity, or do you think? Uh, I I think so. I think that is God's will for my life, and um. Ultimately, yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to say with. <laughs> different life circumstances right. i mean yeah it's kind of impossible now to think about yeah but i always wonder that because you know there's people that i've known that kind of the same thing they grow up their family's very religious it becomes normal and then they fall out of it it's not what they want they believe in something else or whatever it is and they follow that and there's other people that grow up and they don't have a religious family but then they find it on their own and they have their own faith so like ge geography plays a huge role in what religion you follow geography yeah okay so like other countries like, if you were in another country, chances are you wouldn't be Christian. That's, just just based off the numbers, you know? That, that's possible. Um, but there's definitely a rise of Christianity, even in the Middle East, and what have been predominantly uh, Islamic nations. Christianity is definitely moving into that area through missions. But, but yes, there are parts of the world that uh, don't have the gospel, that don't have the, the truth and hope of Jesus Christ. So, yes, 
I, I, I'm with you. Okay. Jack, I'm with you. Good. Um, so what about those other religions that other people are following blindly? Do uh, you say they have no, like they can't be saved through those religions? Yeah, I, I would think ultimately, uh, Jesus says plainly in the Bible that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes through the Father except through me. But don't me. all religions kind of say something similar? <laughs> yes and no. I think I would, I would beg the question. Um, most other religions, pretty, pretty much everything else that I can think of right now, uh, requires work on your end. That that you have to earn your spot in heaven. That it's that it's on you. Um, where in Christianity, that's not it. That's it. Literally, well, it takes work. It's, the Bible says it's work. It. It's work, but that's not what gets you into heaven. It's it's faith. It's faith in God's grace that gets okay, you there. Let's and, talk about that also for a second. Okay. Um, I, so why did God create... Why couldn't God just forgive the sin? Why did he have to actually have someone come down flesh, his own flesh, and sacrifice? When he, if he's all-powerful, he could have just forgive the sin. Yeah, if he's all powerful, that he definitely could have just forgiven the sin. Um, but where's the the weight in that? Um, there, ha sin has a price. Um, actions have consequences. You don't have to be any sort of doctor, have a PhD in anything, to know that um, actions have consequences. Yeah. And so, because of uh, the consequences that actions presents, like sin has a price, and the price needs to be paid. And ultimately, that price was paid through Jesus Christ. Okay, so you said, sorry, let's go back. I'm jumping around, but so you said through Christ being crucified, all sins are forgiven, but only if you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. But that's it. What do you mean? That's you it? said there's no work besides that, but also in the Bible it says you should follow these commandments. You should uh, put God first. All those things. So it can't just be. Yeah. I, absolutely. I, I hear what you're saying, and I think that's it's a good question and kind of a common thought that I think a lot of people wrestle with and kind of different um, similar religions that uh, even... Because I, I feel like Mormons in a, in a lot of ways can be on similar tracks, but they are very workspace, that they have to earn their spot in heaven. Mm -hmm. um, but if I have to earn my spot in heaven, that's so much weight and pressure on me that, like, man, am I ever going to measure up? I'm, I'm yeah. always constantly measuring my rights and my wrongs and, and honestly like I've screwed up plenty yeah. um, but the idea of works is that it's not works that gets you into heaven it's works because of seeing what uh, our Heavenly Father has done for us that we should respond with works and it's not that that's what gets us there it's that that's a proof of our faith rather okay so but what would motivate anyone to do these works of God if they're just like, oh, cool, I'm saved, you know, I, I'm good. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I can pose the thought that uh, if you if you owed me, like, say, $100,000, mm -hmm. and all at once I would say, dude, that's cool, like, you, you don't owe me anymore, we're square, we're solid. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you feel that even though you don't owe, owe a debt to me, that, that you wouldn't? be uh, uh affectionate towards me in a yeah. way that that you would be like that I'll you'd try be to help you out yeah. yeah you'd be happy and grateful and 
and be like, yeah, like I want to 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 pay you back even though I owe you nothing. Like even though I don't owe yeah. you anything anymore. Yeah. Even though my debt's been paid, I want to uh, just because just it's just the outflowing of receiving grace. So what does the Bible say about people who accept Jesus Christ as their savior but don't follow all the commandments? The re- I don't follow all the commandments. Nobody can follow all the commandments, and the Bible's really clear about that. Um uh yeah, uh, the Bible is really clear about that, is that when Moses is receiving the Ten Commandments um, back in Old Testament, it's really clear that, that, that this is an unattainable thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the idea is that this is God's standard and that on our own, we can't meet that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's part of the idea and why works don't, don't get our faith, because ultimately, if we had to be perfect, if we had to follow all like the Ten Commandments to a T and, and then some, we'd all fail. We'd all fail, um, but ultimately, it's it's through grace, it's through love, it's through it's through re- receiving uh, receiving and believing in um, Christ's uh, full and complete work on the cross yeah. and, and sacrificing. Did, does that kind of answer your? Yeah. All right. So, what about like evolution? Do you believe in evolution? I I do not believe in evolution. I think that. Um, uh, I'm a creationist, and a lot of evolution supports that man came from a single cell, which became a fish, which, and monkeys into man, and more or less, yeah. uh, and, and layman's. Um, I haven't studied evolution crazy in depth. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Neither have I, so don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, and I think uh, if we take the Bible as it is, it's very clear and laid out that God created Adam and God created Eve, and it wasn't that they involved that they evolved from nothing into something. Yeah, um, I think part of the problem with evolution is okay, we trace that back far enough. Like, w- what started it? Where where did this come from? Yeah, so we we don't know. So is that kind of where we place God? Is in the I don't know. So it must be a God, because then we fall into the trap of the God of the gaps. I like back in the day. I hear you. Um, there's some element in there where it is a step of faith um, because how God initially came into existence and how that works and really God is God is an eternal God and God always has been and always will be. And the idea of eternity is something that um, as humans, we just yeah. can't wrap our minds around. Nope. Um, Impossible. Uh, yeah. God, a, a being that is outside of time that like we, we just can't even wrap our minds around that. Yeah. Um, and so at some point in there, there has to be an element of faith. While I would argue that um, there are definitely other... other uh, even science and uh, artifacts and, and such that really point back to, to God and really support that, the idea of how God became, yeah. um, the Bible would say that God always has been and always will be. All right, so... You do you think the Earth is a couple thousand years old or a couple million years old? Actually, was it million or billion? The world is millions of years old. That's what people say. Yeah, but um, I think that I think some science some scientists would argue that it is millions. Um, some people on the in the Christian science community would argue that the Earth is more like seven thousand ish years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't dug into that that aspect so much, but the little bit of digging I have done is 
I, I believe it's roughly 7,000-ish years old. 7,000. But what about the scientific discoveries of the, where they find things that are... Millions. Carbon dated, dinosaurs. Caveman. Now, granted, I don't know a ton of stuff on that, and so I'm really, like, illiterate on a lot of uh, yeah, that aspect so of science. That's okay. Um, but my, like, just what, what are they using as their metric for that? Like, how, how can they say they, 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 at some point, they have to have some, have one object that, that um, they're saying, okay, this is five, 500 million years old, and now this is our base uh, for everything else. Okay. So how do they get there? Yeah, how do they, how do they, how do they arrive at their ruler okay. on saying this is a million years old, this is two million, this so, is only fi- five hundred thousand? Same question on to your side. What's the what's the base? How do we know? Um, Just because of text. Be, because of text, um, we are now roughly two thousand years AD. I mean, so we get two thousand years from there, and then tracking text back. Um, I believe that. Uh, Biblical historians and uh, and scientists in that community arrive at another five thousand years before Christ mm-hmm. was more or less. Yeah. So going back to the scientists, I think they use carbon dating, which they can they can tell by how much carbons break down. I think there's like a certain amount that they break down per certain amount of years, and that's I think that's their metric, but I'm not hundred percent sure. So. Right, yeah. Well, like, like I said, no, no one here is an expert. So. <laughs> we could be completely making things up. Who knows? All right. Well, refresh us. Let's let's go back to the beginning to Adam and Eve. I want to stay on Adam and Eve here for a minute. Refresh us on that story. So God created Adam and Eve. Well, Adam first and then Eve. And then he said, don't eat from this tree. So that was supposed to be original sin. Yes. So tell us about original sin. <laughs> um. It was really laid out that Adam and Eve uh, lived in this world that was perfect, where they were uh, set out to rule and have dominion over the earth and all that inhabited it. Um, and there was no sin. There was no shedding of blood. It was a perfect place and really just given them. And they were supposed to live forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah there was no death. There was no no sin, no heartbreak, n- n- nothing like that. Yeah. Um, and they were naked. Yeah, and then um, more. Yes, they were naked. No, uh, wait. They had leaves that covered. I've no, seen cartoons. No, no, that was before. Uh, that was leaves. after. The leaves came after. They the leaves came, came after. Came a- oh, dang it. Because they didn't know. That's how God figured it out that they had eaten from the tree of knowledge. Because they didn't know that their naked body was supposed to be. Well, because it. it like it, it was just it was normal. It was yeah. natural, and that's how it it was. Yeah. Um, and. More or less, long story short, it was laid out that they they should not be eating from the tree, and that was like the one um, thing, deal that God had laid out. Why um, do you think God did that? Why do I think God asked them not to eat of the tree? Um, so, like, that's what kind of gets me is like these little details of like, why would God do that? He's like all powerful. Like, why is he messing around with this? And then why did he make the tree in the first place? Like, why did there need to be sin at all? So I guess I think the question that you're that you're part of asking is um, you're more or less asking why aren't we just robots? If God, why can't we just be perfect and why can't we just just love and, and yeah, do why, that on our own? Why didn't He make the perfect world then? I think so. the The idea behind love is that in order to have love, you have to be able to choose that, right? You can't just be a machine. You can't just be a computer where you punch in a, a series of, of figures and now okay i'm gonna love now like where's the love in that if you don't have the freedom to choose it or reject it yeah um 
if if you ha- if you were <laughs> if you're forced to love Jennifer, like what kind of love would that actually be if you didn't choose that for yourself? Yes. Um, and so part of that thought, part of that thought of, of free will um, is the within our, our free will is the ability to love. And I think that's a big aspect of why uh, uh, God has given us free will, because ultimately, I think he wants God, us to choose it. Yeah. God's um, we're designed to love God and love our neighbor. And if we can't choose that, if we if we are forced to do that, then I don't think that's actually love. Yeah. Would you agree with me or? Yeah, but I feel like that's such an earthly thing. You know what I mean? How like, so? Like, shouldn't God be above? Above love? Wanting love. He's all powerful. What? What's he above? Need it. What's above love? What's above like? Well, well, God, I think, right? <laughs> I would. God's not above love. I think that he's the most powerful being ever. I I agree with you in that in that statement, but I think God is has shown His love for, for us and. And constant graces that we have today, and even in the biggest way, in sacrificing His Son for us on the cross to, to cover uh, to cover our sins, to cover our shortcomings, to cover where we messed up. I think God God is love, and in that He really uh, shows that. So I don't think God is above love. I think God is love, and 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 ultimately God encompasses love in the most perfect way that we as humans will ultimately fail at. Um, in our best efforts we will always have shortcomings in love and we will, we can love, but in an imperfect way. Hmm. Um, Very good. Interesting. But ultimately I think that God is love and God gives us free will um, to choose to love him or to reject that. Well, so he didn't give us free will at first. Oh, well he did. He did. But he put the tree there. It, it was, it was our choice. He was testing us. It wasn't even our choice. How was Adam it? and Eve screwed it up for us. <laughs> It was Adam and Eve's choice. Yes. So after they ate from the tree, they noticed that they were naked. They covered themselves up. God came back. I was like, well, why are you guys covered up? And he's like, oh, well, we're naked, you know? And then so they banished them. Where did they go after that? What happened? Um, man, I'm going to cruise through some of, the old, some of that Old Testament stuff yeah, for a while. Yeah, Genesis, man. Oh, yeah, that is Genesis. <laughs> Straight out the beginning. Um, basically, they were... Uh, yeah, uh, sent out of, of Eden and basically the world became broken from that point and became a place where death and blood were harsh realities and just a place that was accompanied by heartaches and only would be, and its best could only be a shadow of, of heaven and God's glory and things to come. While we, well, on this earth, we still, we still do have glimpses of God's glory and definitely still, still do see God's grace abound. Um, it's only... A shadow of the full picture um but from there they were uh still sent out and still had dominion over over the earth but the earth uh was a was a broken place and from that point uh um god more or less uh told adam that he was going to have a difficult time subduing the earth that um and now i'm trying to think of how it's worded but more or less that like it was gonna be hard for him to plant crops and... yeah hard for him to plant crops and that it was gonna gonna be a fight and um the wife would have pain in childbirth and 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 such why do you think he did that like what a shitty thing to do like oh well now every time you have a baby it's gonna hurt like hell <laughs> i think that kind of comes back to actions have consequences and you don't have to be a doctor doctor to know that i don't know man it just sounds kind of crazy do it act- just it kind of sounds like like people it sounds like people thought this up. 
You know what I mean? It's like people are like, oh, there's pain during childbirth. It must be because there was this Adam and Eve and they ate from this tree and so then God banished them and made it hurt. You know what I mean? But really, scientifically, it's like, obviously it's going to hurt. You're stretching things out, you know? Sure. Um, I would argue that people didn't make things up and I think I can support that even more so, especially with New Testament stuff, if we'd like to dive into that. Yeah. Well, so, okay, so Old Testament, New Testament, now that you say it, you believe in both. Yes, sir. But what's what's the New Testament for? Why did they make a New Testament? The New Testament is Jesus' ministry and, and life uh, post-Jesus in the, in the next uh, 50 to 70 years or so after Jesus uh, dies. Um, and really, so in the Old Testament, we have an Old Covenant, um, which is laws before Jesus. And we can get to kind of some funny things in Leviticus and Deuteronomy that seem a bit funny to us today. Um, and some of those can still apply, but, but some of them don't. Um, because at that point, there was there was no ultimate sacrifice. It was constant small sacrifices with like your most precious sheep and like your most prized animal and stuff like that to pay for your sins. Um, and then... And then we see in the, in the New Testament a new covenant, um, where the old covenant a lot of that is what a lot of that is wiped away because of the ultimate sacrifice, Jesus being the ultimate Lamb, um, <clears throat> that that paid that paid the price for us. And so we see in the New Testament um, we see the life of Jesus and things um, he did on this earth, and we see the early church uh, post Jesus as well, and some of the life the life of some of the apostles as well. So where does the Old Testament, so you said some of those things don't apply anymore. <clears throat> so now, do are Christians able just to cherry pick? It kind of opens you up to cherry picking. Uh, I don't I don't think it does. Um, I think we still have to take the Bible for what it is. Um, I am no expert on Levitical law uh, and the things that come with that and what has been, uh, what has been made free and clear uh, for um, by the new covenant, but I mean, there's some things like um, the idea of unclean meat and stuff like that, where basically um, Jews weren't uh, allowed to eat allowed to eat pork because pigs were thought of as unclean. Where we see in, in the New Testament, um, that doesn't apply anymore because uh, to the pure, all things are pure. I think is is the verse that accompanies that. Now, now, really hope I'm not misquoting. Um, <laughs> but um, trust me, it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're not gonna fact check you, so you're gonna no, be all right. Yeah. Um, so, so wait, to make to be clear, so you you believe everything in the Bible? Yes, everything. Yes. Okay, I'll just check. So those things don't. The Old Testament doesn't apply now for the New Testament. That's it's some of the, the Levitical law. It's not that we can just chunk out, throw out the Old Testament, and say this is trash. But there's it's, a lot of things in there that we don't follow. I, I think it's a lot of the. Pieces of Levitical law, yes, because of the New Covenant. Yeah. So, like I said, it just kind of opens you up. Nowadays, we're in another new... Even from, like, the 1950s, where people, like, followed, you know, these religions closely, we're fading away nowadays, I feel like. I'd agree with that. Um, so, now, these rules, like premarital sex, cohabitation, these types of rules are applying less and less nowadays just because of the social stigmas not there as much? 
I, I agree with you with social stigma, but I don't think that has anything to do with uh, whether or not the Bible says it's it's okay or not. I think that's just society moving in one direction and willing to uh, say that, that they don't believe, that they are not willing to take some aspects of the Bible seriously anymore, and that, that doesn't that's not important to them. And so I would say that it's le- more about society and less about uh, the Bible and what it has to say. Yeah, but they kind of did the same thing with the Old Testament and New Testament. No, I would say that society changed, so those rules didn't really need to apply anymore. I would say that's two different things because the thing that that changed and, and that was caused for the new covenant was Christ coming, was the ultimate sacrifices, was the ultimate sacrifice rather. And that's why we don't have to, as believers, we don't have to sacrifice uh, our most prized lamb uh, to, as atonement for our sins uh, on, a, on a somewhat regular basis. Yeah. I think you could, you'd be, we're breaking everything down, but my biggest thing is, you know, there's so many religions. So how does, you know, if this is the right one, if this is the one that happened, why are there so many other ones? Why is there other people saying, no, yours didn't happen, mine did? I have I just have a hard time wrapping my mind around all that. So, why. yeah, so why are people, say someone was atheist, I'm not saying we are, but say someone was atheist, what makes them so bad of a person because they don't believe in all the other religions, and then it's just like this last one that kind of strikes a chord with people, like the Christian faith. You know what I mean? Like Buddha, out of here. You know, Hinduism. Well, it's kind of a loaded question because there's so many religions, and we're just like, why? Tell us why. <laughs> why? Yeah. yeah, but I guess. Yeah, you guys kind of asked a very broad question. Right. I guess I would. Uh, answer that answer your question with a question and kind of where I was heading earlier was um, and what other religion do you see that it's not dependent on you to get your to get to heaven it's it's all dependent on uh, the complete work of God and you accepting that and you accepting that grace and what other religion does does the king come down from his throne and die for his people like where do you see that you don't see that anywhere else so I was gonna I was gonna ask earlier so you believe as a Christian you don't need to do anything to get like, religiously to get into heaven. Yes, sir. You, so it's just you, you have your faith and you get in. You don't have to do anything specific. And you're saying in some religions there are things that you have to do. Right. To and there's it's heaven. almost like a spiritual checklist per right. se. Um, do all where, these things and then you and then you, then we'll we'll weigh the scales and see which one does the good outweigh the bad or if the bad outweighs the good then you're not making the cut. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So say I accept Christ. Why? Do I get such a hard time for um, premarital sex and moving in with my fiance before marriage? Since I, if I just accept it and I'm saved, why do I have to follow those rules? Yeah. Uh, the Apostle Paul kind of hits on this idea of uh, if grace abounds, may we continue in sin? Uh, may it never be like may it never just because grace, just because we are covered by the grace of God, like should we continue in sin? Uh, or the thought of let's let's eat and get drunk and party for tomorrow we die because there's nothing after this like so let's let's just go and, and have it and he's like, but that's not it there are things after this and, and actions still do have consequences um even as a believer um my sins still have consequences on this earth and there's still a price to pay for for things on this earth because just because i'm in christ and grace covers me um and so when I'm before God, he sees 
the righteousness of Jesus and not my uh, wretched sin, that doesn't mean that my actions on this earth still don't have still don't have consequences because they do. See, I feel like out of a lot of things that come out of religion, that stuff, that right there kind of makes a lot of sense to me. Like, well, just because, you know, you have your faith and you were saved doesn't mean you can just go now and be like, oh, it's cool. I can just do whatever I want now because I, mm-hmm. I went to church, so it's cool. Don't worry about it. You know, I get that. That makes sense to me. Like, there are consequences just because you still have to, you know. Wait, so are there consequences now or when you're trying to get into heaven? If you're in Christ, the consequences are are now. Um, if you're a believer. Um... <coughs> so then I'm good because I don't suffer any consequences from having sex with my soon-to-be wife right before we get married. You know what I mean? I would argue yes and no. I think... I can and... see where why that rule was made to stop people from sleeping around and spreading, you know... STDs or getting pregnant before they get married. Mm -hmm. But what about the people that, like me, that have dated for years and are about to get married? Like, why am I still living in sin when I've pretty much, like, paid my dues? You know what I mean? I I hear you. I kind of have two different ideas that that go with that question. Um, I think is one is ultimately, like, that... That commitment and that, cov- that and that covenant that you will make with Jennifer has not been made yet, um, and so ultimately, um, that is the more clear biblical argument that I would present present to you there, and that's that's why the the Bible would argue that it's um, a lot of people in this world want intimacy before commitment, and and Bible really lays out commitment then intimacy and on that level, um, and yes, um, I would the price that you have to pay for. Uh, on this earth for for sleeping with your fiance who you're going to get married to in a month i think i think that there still can be some things to pay for that even though you guys are getting married um actions have consequences but sometimes it's not always that a produces b sometimes it's a produces g and it doesn't make a lot of sense on how things get there but i think that um and i'm not sure i can elaborate on that thought a ton for you but um but at like, some point, but at, at, at some, some point, at some point, things there's there's consequences. Action, the actions have consequences, and if, sometimes it's not always clear. What if they don't end up having consequences? What if me and Jen get married and nothing bad ever happens to us, even if I don't follow? I, you know what I mean. Well, that, one of my questions was going to be, you know, he, Kyler, for example, we can use you as an example. You, yeah. you obviously, you clearly said, you know, you, you're not, you don't have faith, right? Basically, I but. I believe there's some kind of God. I don't strictly follow any one religion. Right. So with him not following religion, Christianity, for example, is he, so does he still have the same, you know, outcome? Like, say, you know, because you, you believe in heaven and hell, correct? Yes. So is he still going to have to face that one day when he dies? Is there going to be, I would say that he doesn't, he doesn't follow religion, so he doesn't. Is it just over when he dies, or is it? I'm going I see to that's hell. you're going to hell. I'm going to hell. Well, I could have told According you that a long time ago. Christianity. I it, it's not uh, existentialism. It's not that we exist and then we define what is true. It's that there is truth, and mm-hmm. and then it's it's reality across the board. It's there's truth and then we exist. Not we exist and then we define our truth. Um, so through that, I think that someday we are all going to have to face that. We're all going to have to face face God at the end of our lives and. And go from there. What if we die and we got a face like Buddha or something? Wouldn't that be crazy? 
What if one of the crazy religions happens to be real? I would still... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I hear you on that. Um, in, in that... Um, it's just we don't know, you know. We can have faith, but really... Oh, you have... So you wrote down some stuff here. I, I have some stuff for the manuscript evidence uh, pointing to the New Testament and the crucifixion of Christ, which is really, really what this all centers around. I think... The death and resurrection of, of Jesus Christ. I think there, it's widely accepted that Jesus Christ walked this earth. I think there's a lot of, um, between the couple religions, like a lot of emphasis on his importance. I, I would agree with that. Some, some people are willing to say he was a prophet or he yeah. was just a, a rabbi, a, a really good teacher. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, most religions are not willing to say that. Um, actually, I think really Christianity is the one that's willing to say that Jesus was the son of God and he came and was crucified and, and three days later rose again. Um, and through that, um, and we have evidence of that just in the manuscripts and the texts that were written from that time. Um, if I may, I can kind of share some stuff. Um, we have, we have works from Plato and Aristotle and Homer's Iliad that are kind of widely universally accepted across the board that, that this is truth of it, that this happened, that this is solid stuff, right? Nobody really questions the, like how clear this is and how, um, how accurate some of this stuff is. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Plato's works, um, we have 1,200 years between the original and um, the earliest copies. And we have seven copies from that 1,200-year date uh, post when that was originally done. So you're like, okay, like, yeah, 1,200 years is a long time. Seven, like them, okay, that's a kind of decent amount of copies. Mm-hmm. We get to Aristotle. We have 1,400 years be- between the original and, and earliest copies with 49 copies. So, okay, getting warmer. Homer's Iliad. We got 500 years. You're like, okay, we're getting closer now. 643 copies um, of those earliest copies. Now with the New Testament, we have less than 100 years between when this happened and the earliest copies. Less than 100 years. And there are 5,600 copies just in Greek between um, other languages, including Latin, Coptic, and Aramaic. There are 24,000 copies that are less than 100 years uh, uh, post-resurrection. And most scholars agree that New Testament writings uh, were completed before the end of the first century. So if Jesus uh, died in 30 AD, then that would mean that um, all the New Testament was complete in 70 years. So in that time span, you could have people still on the earth that if some of the stuff that, that, that they were writing was wrong or inaccurate, they could totally dispute that. There, there could be people that were eyewitnesses there saying like, oh, no, that didn't happen. Like, what do you guys, this is some BS. Yeah. Um, but really on things like Plato, Aristotle, and Homer's Iliad, uh, those works, they don't even touch the New Testament manuscripts and some of the earliest copies that are less than 100 years um, dated right. post-resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so through that, I think that from a manuscript basis, I think that the death and resurrection, which is what separates um, Christianity from really anything else. Yeah. Um, it, so from, that means there from that like, perspective, you can't touch it. There was a ton of people that said that he did get resurrected. Right. Basically. And so then back to how do you know what religion is best or what rather what re- what religion is true? Mm-hmm. Um, what? What other religion did you see somebody come die and later come back from the grave? 
I mean, if, if manuscripts are saying that, that this happened, that this is true, and that this is our best supported text from anything else in the world, what, like... I feel like if Zach could pick up his mic and drop it right now, that's what he wants to do. He mic But please don't break that. <laughs> so how do we know how accurate these manuscripts are? Um, so for Homer's Iliad, um, dated 500 years out with 643 copies, um, they say that it's... What does that mean? That he wrote 643 copies? No, that the earliest copies were 500 years post when they think that this was originally written. With the, oh, I was 500 years out, and there were 643 copies around that time. How do we know these are accurate? Um, yeah, so I'm not... I think what they do is they uh, cross-examine um, the, the copies to one another and see, okay, is this, is this copy saying what this other copy is saying? Um, and through that, um, they, they say that Homer's Iliad is roughly 95% accurate. Um, wow, that's pretty accurate. That's yeah, right. That's an A. With the New Testament, they say it's 99.5% accurate. Wow. And That's a higher A. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in some classes, if you round up, it's 100%. Yeah. So for 24,000 copies in, with uh, different languages being included in that, um, all dated less than 100 years out, um, and those cross-checked and it's 99.5% accurate, I think that Okay, so let's assume that... Jesus lived, died, resurrected. Like, what is that? That doesn't really prove the the Old Testament, does it? I would pose it. I let's reverse engineer for a second. I think if we have something that the Old Testament talks about, the Old Testament talks about a coming Messiah, okay. and then this actually happens, and we have texts that back this up. And more or less, this is rock solid, right? So the Old Testament says Jesus or a, a Messiah. Someone's will come, coming. Yes. Right. And, and then it die. happens. Yes. And then it, then it right. happens. They said he'll die and resurrect in three days. More and there's, or less. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> there's different pro- prophecies talking about um, a savior coming, and, and a king that will come to rule. In the Bible. Yes, and in, in Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there's different stories. Yes, there are numbers of, of prophecies, and, and you even see in the Bible of Jesus kind of coming before uh, people, um, before he's been, been crucified and, and all this. He's come to people, and he's quoting prophecies that, like, in front of uh, the Pharisees, the people that, like, know the word and, and study it, and they, they know their stuff. And he's saying, before you today, this prophecy has been, been fulfilled. People are like, what the heck? You're just some dude from Nazareth. What the heck do you know? <laughs> Um, but but yes, you see that you see uh, different prophecies being fulfilled in, in Jesus' time, and different mm-hmm. things that Old Testament laid out um, happened. Um, <clears throat> so I would pose pose the question that if just based on the manuscript evidence that we can say that Jesus Christ walked on this earth, that he was crucified, and that he resurrected from the dead, if that's true, how can wh- who else has done that? How can you? still argue this and how can you say this isn't true i feel like at that point you have to acknowledge that point and then kind of dig deeper and, and learn about everything else because if the god of the god of israel the, the the christian god um has that sort of power don't you think that there's truth in in other things that he says okay so if he's uh all powerful <clears throat> and is he, he's all good yeah god works um, 
So then yeah. that poses the question. So that poses the question. Why do why do bad things happen to good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? Absolutely. Um, I I think bad things happen because ultimately sin was brought into this world um, through the through Satan's temptation of Eve, and then following that, sin, sin entered. And with sin, so since so when that happened, kind of screwed everybody else, more or less. So, well, say like you, you follow all the rules, and you're. Mm-hmm. God fearing man, say out of nowhere, you get cancer. Like boom, you're terminal terminally ill. Like what the fuck, man? I've been following you. Like what's going on? I followed all your rules. I think a lot of people can get trapped in that idea, and and I have been in that idea as well. Like I have definitely been on that thought process. Mm-hmm. I'm not above that, but I think that's you're running on the assumption that God owes you something. What does God owe me that when I have like. I'm not a perfect dude. I haven't followed ten, the Ten Commandments in and out. I haven't done everything that Jesus has asked me. I've failed many times and have turned my back and have been angry at God and distrusting and haven't been patient and this and that and from A to Z. Um, so if I failed God and I think the idea that, that he owes me something because I've done, because I failed in many ways, but done a couple things, right? Like I think um, just kind of backwards. Um I do like that that you say like you know a lot of people get caught up in the idea of oh God owes me like I did all this why are you doing this to me like you owe me one you know kind of thing but then yeah you get stuck on that same thing that Kyler's been saying like you know you you follow the faith and the word and he's all powerful and good and then bad things just happen to to good people and it's like how come and then Um, it goes back to well okay so let's say this if Things are just going to happen anyways. Then what's the point of even following him or praying? Okay, not following him. Do you think things w- would be worse if you didn't? If I didn't pray or if I didn't follow? So, what sorry, do you sorry, hold follow. on. Take away the follow. Why do people pray? Why do people oh, pray? Different question. Why do people okay. Pray? I'm going to go to the following thing after, but I want to know, what's the point of praying? So you could pray your cancer away, but God doesn't owe you anything, like you said. So what's the point? There is, yes, but there is power in prayer and through that, we have access to the creator of all, to the sovereign God of this universe, through Jesus Christ, who has uh, paid the price for us. Um, and the Bible does speak a lot on prayer, actually, talking about um, giving thanks uh, to, to the things that he has blessed us with and, and petitioning for the things that, that we still need that, and even our desires. But he doesn't um, owe you anything. He doesn't owe us anything. So what's but, the point? But in the Bible, we you still see like... Even going back to Old Testament stuff, we see um, God being like crazy upset with the Israelites for constantly going astray and going astray and going astray and leaving him even after he's brought them out of Egypt, brought them out of slavery. Um, and they just keep, they keep spitting in his face and turning his back on them. And God um, is so angry and is ready to wipe them off the face of the earth. And Moses is praying and talking with God and saying, you are a loving God and this isn't what you want. And basically pleading for their lives, pleading for the lives of the, of the, of the Israelites in that. Um, and through that, uh, it's so it's almost like you Moses is negotiating with God and is able to change God's mind and, and able to uh, get God uh, to, to offer grace. U- ultimately, that's, yeah, yeah. And so there is power in prayer and there is power to being able to um, talk but, it, but it won't in real life now I don't think it'll change anything see I, I absolutely disagree you do yeah um, 
I've seen God move in my life just um, through opening doors for, for different stuff, um, even through offering peace and comfort and guidance and things. Um, I haven't had cancer and I haven't had to pray cancer away or things like that. Um, but even still... Uh, but you admit, whether you like it or not, you could get it. I could get it because it's a broken world and you don't have to look very far to see like how broken and wretched this world is. Just today we had a shooting at um, up at the YouTube headquarters. Yeah. And it's it's all around us. We have bad weather. We have earthquakes. We have tornadoes. It's it's not like <clears throat> and anybody that's older than even two year olds know that it, it's it, this isn't a perfect world. So I want to go back to when uh, you were talking about you've seen God even move in, in your life. Have you experienced anything spiritual or anything like that? Have you have you seen God work like like in front of you like or has it just like has things just changed for you? Like, it's I haven't seen God like uh, appear in front of you. Do you know what he looks like? Have you seen him in person? <laughs> I have not seen seen God in, physically if that's no. what you're asking. Um but I've seen God offer peace. I've seen God offer uh, direction, relationships, and even uh, uh, just offering guidance and direction. Have like, you like prayed on something and then like it actually happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Talk about that. So for me, uh, one of the clearest ways I've seen God to be on this podcast. <laughs> God has answered my son. <laughs> Actually, I will say that I have been praying uh, that I could be more bold in my faith and be able to uh, this is it. to talk about things more. And, <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, We'd uh, also like to welcome God to the podcast. Yeah. He's with us in the room. Yeah, and just that I would be able to share about some things near and dear to my heart with, with people I love and care about. And wow. like literally, like I was in Santa Cruz that afternoon driving back and I was walking on the beach praying, praying through a number of things. But that was one of them that I could grow in my faith and be, uh, be more bold in my faith. And literally that that night, uh, wow. you guys both uh, asked me to be on the podcast. So literally, yes. Well, I d- that could be chalked up to coincidence for sure. But then, then you come down to you could say that, but then we could say no. It could be this. It could be that. I mean, you can't. How do yeah. You, so we don't know. How do so, we know? Yeah, we don't know. So don't why know. would we? What's why would we pick religion over just saying I don't know? Okay, I I hear you. Um, there's been other times when I've seen God kind of work and, and guide and open doors and answer prayers. Um, this is kind of a, a long story. I'm trying to think of how to make this more brief. No, no, we got time. Go ahead. <laughs> we got all the time in the world. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. Go. But more or less, uh, how I wound up working at uh, camp my first summer, it was totally a last minute deal and kind of a sp- church camp. Yes. Yeah, I kind of explain. It's a church camp that you yes, work it's. Do. I worked at Mount Hermon for two summers now. Um, but my first summer, I got hired a week before camp started, which normally people get, typically people get hired like four or five months out. Wow. Um, and sometimes even six months out, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but through that, I had gone and worked a Labor Day weekend at Mount Hermon uh, the summer before. And I had a really great time and <clears throat> I was kind of thinking about that and wanting to work in camp and wanting to be part of that, uh, but not quite sure how that fit in my life at that time. Um knowing that um yeah yeah and just knowing where i was um and that's that's some that semester actually this is spring semester now ap- applications for Mount herman i've already gone through i'm just kind of thinking all this um and i texted um the coordinator of day camp which is the spot that i had worked for at mount herman and 
and or I emailed her. I'm sorry. Um, but basically was talking about if she needed some help and whatever. And then she didn't get back to me for like a month and then said she just had one of her counselors drop um, and was asking me um, about that. And I said, yeah, I'd love to. But I have a couple things going on this summer. Um, my grandma had just passed uh, that fall. And so we were as a family, we were going to Hawaii um, just my whole mom's side of the family. And that was going to be like a week in July. One of my best friends was getting married in July as well. Um, and then, and then Andrew and I had a trip planned for Louisiana, <laughs> um, um, <laughs> which God works in mysterious ways, people, let me tell you. Um, but, but listen, uh, and so through that ultimately gave her those dates. She said she'd, she'd think about it, but that was asking for a lot of time off. Couldn't work. Um, and that, that was like a month stretch to where I'd given her those, those dates. And she said she would kind of figure it out and pray on it and see what happened. And then that brings us to like the tail end of May when she finally emails me back and says, nope, I'm sorry, you can't do it. Like, this isn't going to work. Um, and, and I was really bummed out because I really felt like God was leading me towards Mount Hermon. Um, and then a few days later, I remember I was on my pool route cleaning pools, uh, just kind of working. And, and then I just kind of stop and I'm praying. And I'm like, God, I really feel like you were leading me towards Mount Hermon. I'm just really kind of frustrated and disappointed, Lord, but I know that if this is where you want me, this is where I'll end up for the summer. Um, and that was that was kind of it. And just kind of like, got to know that you can get me here if you, somehow still if this is where you want me. Um, and then this is like end of May. Uh, camp starts like second week of June. Uh, not a couple hours later, I check my email like, as I'm out lunch on my pool route, and I have an email from Mount Hermon saying, "Hey, Redwood, this different part of camp uh, still needs some people." Like just a, a couple hours after when bef- oh my after my prayer, when when before it had been like weeks and like as long as like a month between them when I was hearing back from people at, at Mount Hermon, and and she was like, "Yeah, I can uh, uh, send your app- application to to this section if you want." I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely." Um, end up being that. Uh, I, I talk with the guy and, and and tell him that I need this amount of time off. And he's like, that's a lot of time, but we'll see if we can make it work. And then we still had, so I had Hawaii, a uh, friend's wedding, and then trip to Louisiana. Um, wasn't sure how we were going to still make the trip to Louisiana work, and I, and I had to get to camp. And then our plan was to drive out there, one, because we wanted a road trip, and two, because we're cheap and didn't want to pay, pay for airfare. <laughs> and um, uh, but in that week... This is back in 2015. Texas got a stupid amount of rain. Dallas was under like two feet of water, and there were tornadoes in Amarillo. Like we literally could not have driven yeah, they through. Shut down freeways. They, like we, there was no way for us to, no to get way. there. Um, and so it was not like not to mention our families were like, "You ain't leaving." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Our families were, were really pulling the plug and worried about our safety. Yeah. And so I was, I couldn't go to that anyways. And so with me missing, not not having to miss that amount of time, I was able. Uh, the director of Redwood was like, yeah, okay, let's do this. Let's rock and roll. And so we, and so I, I believe that's just kind of. So you believe that God did that just for you? Absolutely. He put Dallas under two feet of water for you. I think God <laughs> used that uh, for me in that. God doesn't I, know you anything, though. God doesn't know me anything. But doesn't he mean that he still can't you. do things. Yeah. Right? Okay. Okay, if you say so. I want to jump back a little bit. Okay. Um, we were talking about heaven and hell earlier. Um, you believe in heaven and hell? Yes, sir. What do those look like? 
<laughs> what are people supposed to expect? Um, so first, what is heaven? What are we? What are we looking at? I can tell you with um, absolute positivity, it's not um, where we all become like fat, chubby babies sitting on clouds <laughs> playing harps for the rest of eternity. Like I, like I am positive Dang about it. that. Well, that's um, <laughs> but the Bible really describes it as being in. Um, the fullness of God's glory, being in, in the presence of God in the in the biggest way, um, in a way that uh, the, this earth only is a shadow in comparison, um, and so it's this most perfect and and full feeling, like picture like the most like pure and full joy you've had on this earth, and that's like not even like a glimpse of what the potential heaven has to be. As far as like specifics, the Bible doesn't. Um, get crazy specific on what it actually looks like. Mm-hmm. We have um, streets of gold and and such. Um, but well, the Bible says that streets yes. of gold. Oh wow! Um, but really, are we old? Are we young? What do we look like? We get we're we're new bodies because we know like the, the, the <laughs> these bodies age like when when you're dying at forty or fifty or sixty or eighty whatever um my grandma who just passed at 99 she doesn't want that body back no, 99 years true. that thing that's is true. like worn and torn and like <laughs> and but so is she is she young now i now <laughs> I, I don't know exactly what that looks like but right. it's but a part of i think part of the wear and tear on our bodies is just kind of the elements of sin in this world part of us getting cancer and us being decrepit and whatever else um whatever other ailments that can happen to us on this earth are, are part of sin entering this do you world. Think, do you, this, this might be a dark question. Do you think God chooses who gets cancer? That would I, go against... Or do you think since we have sin in this world, cancer has to be here? To some point with God being sovereign overall, there is a point where, um, where God moves in that. Um, now we're getting kind of back to the idea of why do bad things happen? Right. Um, and I have a little bit of a, I have a, I have a small story that kind of helps illustrate this. Um, the idea of, so there's a man who, who lost his horse and his neighbor's like, man, what such bad luck. And he's like, and then the guy says, what do I know about good or bad luck? And then a few days later, the horse comes back with 20 more horses. And he's like, man, that's great luck. That's awesome. And the, and the, and the guy says, what do I know about good or bad luck? Then a few days later, his son is out with one of the 20 horses that came in and the horse kicks his son and breaks his leg. Oh. And neighbor comes back and says, man, such bad luck. Like, like that sucks. And the man says, what do I know about good or bad luck? Um, later that week, uh, there's a, uh, a gang, a militia coming through and recruiting for their militia. Um, but they come to this guy's house and say, oh, no, we don't want this kid. He's got a broken leg. Like, what, what, what use is he to us? And so man says, what do I know about good or bad luck? And... The idea is that ultimately we can see things that seem bad to us can ultimately be worked into our good. What do we, what do we know? Um, there's also the yeah um, this idea that, that God is sovereign overall, and that God can be doing like ten thousand things in your in your life right now, and like at your best day you might be aware of like three of them. Hmm. Um, That's something to think about. Yeah. And so with that, like, it, this is something I really wrestled with, that where is God and the evil in this world? Um, 
my life for the most part, I haven't faced a ton of tragedies personally. I've mm -hmm. had some really dear friends to me that have faced some really horrific stuff though. And even working, just listening through some of my friends' stuff and people I really love and care about. Um, that's been heavy on my heart and on my soul and just kind of wondering where, where God is in that. Um, and we can look at the book of Job and see, the, you guys aren't well read in the Bible and that's okay. Um, but the book of Job. He's judging us. No, no. <laughs> judging kidding. us, man. Um, but Thou the, shall not judge. <laughs> in the book of Job, we see uh, really this man going through all sorts of suffering where Satan is kind of talking with God and being like, if I take, if I take away this stuff from Job's life, then he'll deny you. And that Job's only there because of the good stuff, because of the blessings that you've given him. And so God's like, and so more or less the idea is that Satan's like, okay, I'm going to take this, this away. I'm going to do this to Job. And God's, God sets th these parameters. Says, okay, but you can't touch this. Um, and so Satan does that. And he's still, and, he, and Job still is worshiping God. And um, Satan says, well, he hasn't, he hasn't folded because you set this parameter. And God, God says, okay, well, I'm going to set this new parameter. But, but you can go ahead and, and do this next thing. So on and on it goes, and um, Job still continues to, to to worship the Lord, and says, "Naked I have um, come to this earth, and naked, naked I will leave." And more or less, that's a paraphrase. Hopefully, I got that right. <laughs> um, but the idea is that God is a big enough God to use Satan's move in his favor. Like, picture like playing chess with somebody, and and your opponent's moves are ultimately going to work so you so you can checkmate. Yeah. Right. Does that does that make sense? Right. And that's I, I got you. And God is a big enough God to where he can use evil and Satan and and the sin in this world to ultimately work work for his glory and ultimately for our good and our glory in that. Okay. Does that kind of answer your question some? And I I get your concerns cuz these are things I've wrestled through too. Yeah. Um and this is this is hard and heavy stuff. Um, so I, I absolutely get it, and I absolutely sympathize with the spot you guys are in. All right, uh, go back to a lighter note. We'll get, you know, we got, okay. we got pretty crazy there. Um, so what <laughs> I was saying earlier, heaven and hell. So what's hell look like? Do we know? Does so the Bible talk about it? If heaven is, like, the best thing ever, is right. hell just the worst thing ever? Is it the worst thing I've ever experienced just all the time? Like catching your pinky right on the corner? Is that what I'm good? Is that my pinky toe? Is that what I'm going to experience the rest of my eternity more or less um oh, great. there's different ideas and some some believers have different perspectives but um the bible in some parts describes it as wailing and gnashing of teeth like mm. that's what you're feeling um but the bible is definitely clear that in hell there is the absence of god and the absence of his grace that comes with that and i think on this earth we take for granted a lot of times that the, the good gifts the good common gifts of god's grace that we have here um, and so if you kind of picture everything, anything good in this world, um, is stripped away and taken away, then I think that you maybe have like the slightest glimpse of hell. It's the absence of God. It's the absence of all things good. And in that there is pain and, I think, and hurting. I just um, feel like, um, with hell, so people that don't believe and don't have faith, how come God believes that, okay, they should be punished? Because sin has a price and there's a price. Well, so people not following Christianity, that's sinning? If 
if Jesus died on the cross for us and then you deny that that gift that of of mercy and grace that mm. this covers me that it's nothing that I can do to, to get to heaven it's not my my work it's not my good outweighing my bad it's the blood of Christ and that's what gets me there um and that's what is presented before God um then yeah, if, if somebody doesn't have that, if, if all they have to show for it is their works, um, Jesus talks about works in the Bible that like our best works are filthy rags. <laughs> um, and, the, and that they, we can't get to heaven through those things. So if, if somebody does not have uh, the grace and mercy of, of God, then yeah, if they have not accepted the, the gift of Christ's crucifixion, resurrection on the cross, then, well, yeah. What about the people that like haven't heard? They just don't know. That is a. Are they just shit out of luck? That's a hard question, um, and that's part of why um, we see after the resurrection and before Jesus ascends, he's he tells the disciples that to go and um, spread the, spread the word of the gospel to every tribe, tongue, and nation, so that um, everybody knows. And we have seen a widespread and um, most people, uh, there are still dark zones on the earth where the gospel has not been heard, where people still, still do not know Jesus' name. Yeah, everyone um, in North Korea is screwed. Why hasn't God <laughs> gone in there and worked his magic? I don't that know. was going to be my question. Is Like I was going to say, like, what if um, you know someone's born into an atheist family Obviously, they don't have to believe what their family believes or whatever. But will God work His way to that person if they want? I mean, if they want it, yeah, it's, they will. But what if the they Bi- don't? What if they like? I don't want to be an atheist, but they don't know what else is. The Bible spells out that it's the will of God that all believe. That it's the will of God that, that no one perishes. Like that's not what God desires. But God's pretty needy. <laughs> Sounds like a needy, needy person, you know, a needy God. <laughs> It's like he wants no other gods before him. You better follow these rules. You better say he's the best or else you're going to hell. You're going to hurt. You're going to have some consequences. It I, sounds like really good social control to me. I Keep the masses in line. You know? I think that's just uh, is that Satan a small talking? view of God. And, and <laughs> what, what you, what? He said, is that Satan talking? Yes. You is Satan in me right now <laughs> using me as his surrogate? Um, I do. I'm not going to perform an exorcism right here. Sorry. <laughs> That'd be awesome content if we could figure out how to do that. Um, let's um, jump back. Uh, you were talking, we're, obviously we're talking about, you know, people following God so they can go to heaven. Um, do you think people have to go to church to be, to be spiritual, to be, for God to see them as, can I yes, say one they're thing following about- me. Can I say one thing about this? When I was still technically a Christian before I went agnostic, I guess you could say, I struggled with that because I was like, I'm following like most of these rules. Not all of them, obviously, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm following most of them. I, I talk about God. You know, I try to learn, but I don't want to go to church. So I was like, why does that make me a bad person? And Jennifer's family like attacked me for it. Like, you got to go to church. Like, it's one of the things you got to do. I was like, but if I like follow everything else, why do I got to go to church, you know? So what do you think about that? So ultimately, um, I think this kind of ties back to um, a previous statement in that 
it is none of our deeds that get us to heaven. That going to church does not get you into heaven just as this is kind of a cheesy old thing. Going to church does not make you a Christian just as much as being inside of a garage makes you a car. Um, nice. I'm glad. Well, we can agree with that then. Um, but, and so what gets you to heaven is God's grace, as we've talked about previously. Um, I would say that I think with the, with the absence of church and without being in a body of believers, I think it's very hard to see growth. And I think you will just struggle personally, spiritually, because now you don't have people in your lives to encourage you in the faith and to back you up and to, uh, point you to more so towards, towards Christ. Okay. So you say it's important for your journey, but not essential. I, so I would say that going to church is essential, but it's not what gets you into heaven. I think it's, you should be doing that in order to, to grow in, in your faith. Um, so I, I had a, there's a pastor at my church, my, one of my old youth pastors on kind of on the subject. He would say that a lone ranger is a dead ranger. <laughs> like you're not going to make it very far if you're yeah. just doing it all on your own. Well, the whole point of Christianity is to get to heaven, right? Or is it to live in Christ? What's so like? Maybe that's where we're not finding common ground. Is like, what's the point? The, I think the point is ultimately to to love God and to love your neighbor. Um, I think it all. Now we're now I'm kind of I don't want to be talking in a circle too much, but it kind of all comes back to. Uh, this outpouring of love towards Christ and this love towards uh, others that we have that God has given us through through free will, and so I think I think the ultimate point is to relish in God's glory and and as I have and trust me it, like my faith has been two step forward one step one step back for a long time and that's that's kind of the, the struggle and the fight of it, um, but the closer I get to to God and the closer I get to understanding the depths of His love and, and His grace. Um, like the more peace and joy uh, comes with that in, in this life, not even in things to come. Yeah. I'm talking about in this world today, um, and the things to come are are bright and glorious. And and but the more I, I see and understand God on on this earth where I am, um, the better I can see. I can have more of a, an eternal perspective. Yeah. So this world doesn't make it easy to follow Christianity. So much sin. So much fun to be had. So what were some of the struggles that like, we're going through? What were some of your struggles where you're like, is this even real? Like, what, what am I doing? Yeah, you know, being religious, did you ever find yourself like, why am I doing this? Like, is this... Struggles in the faith? Yeah. Like, what, yeah. what are you... did you have struggles with your faith? Like, oh, you, uh, were yeah. Were there times where you were like, why am I doing this? Why am I coming to church? Is, am, is this real? And It was... I think I've always known that God is real. Um, but it's definitely been a struggle of faith. It's been a struggle of trusting God. There's been plenty of times um, being angry with God, spending a lot of time angry with God and wrestling with, God, if, you, if you're if you good and you're in control, why is all this evil happening? And that has that has really been a struggle for me for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, un- and trying to gain more ground and understanding how God works in that. Um, and ultimately, we, we are human and our lives are finite and God is inf- infinite. Um, and so we will never fully understand God. But as I've grown, um, as I've been able to wrestle, wrestle with those, those issues and come out uh, a bit cl- closer towards God on the other side of some of those, hmm. um, there have there definitely have been struggles in the past. So um, 
and yeah, now I feel like I'm talking in circles, but no, it's all right. I feel like some of the biggest have been definitely like things we've covered, like bad things happening for, for no reason. Um, women being um, uh, raped and molested and uh, things like that and just heartbreaking stuff. Things in war, people... Um, children kid, getting shot up at yeah, school. Yeah, children getting shot up in school. Children being abused by their parents. Um, and girls by their fathers. It, it breaks my heart. Um, it really does. Um, and it's definitely been a wrestling point for me and my faith. Yeah, it's just like, doesn't make sense that such a good God would let this happen. I think it's easy to see that on the surface. But when we talk about free will when we talk about um in free will we have the ability to choose what we want we have the ability to accept god's love and to love in return or to reject that altogether and go our own way we have the ability ability to choose sin mm-hmm. um and in that um and one of the biggest things i've learned i've said this a couple times this evening but that sin has a price but a lot of times with sin having a price it's not always the sinner that pays for it yeah with with girls being raped and molested it's Sin is a price, but it's not the sinner there that's really paying that that heavy price, and that breaks my heart. Yeah. Um. And as I've grown more in understanding my shortcomings and how I've spit in God's face in some ways, um, and how God has continuously come back and come back and offered grace as soon as I'm willing to seek Him, um, it's been it has offered me some some more perspective. And while I don't think that. People who do those wicked things are off the hook. Uh, by by any means, I I do think that um, God's grace is uh, big enough for that, and that's been a heavy thing for me to wrestle with. So those um, people that rape, and after they do it, they say, "Okay, I accept you, Christ." Now, are they good to go? If there is an actual repentance from sin in it, and and see, here's the thing. It's not like if I went out and did these awful things and then said, okay, God, it's cool. I, I accept your grace. But then like keep doing my stuff and, I, and there's not an actual turning point. Then I would say that, that, that myself in that spot is not actually in so Christ. Do you, do you think God sees that turning point? Absolutely. Do you think, okay, so you think if someone was very, was that serious about it, God could see that and then forgive them? Absolutely. I am a firm believer in that there is... No sin um, that God cannot forgive, that that God's grace in the cross is not big enough for. Um, I've had dear friends tell me stuff that they're not good enough to be a Christian. And like, that's such a, a backwards thought in some ways, because it's not the healthy people that need the hospital. It's not the healthy don't need the doctor. It's the sick people that need the doctor. It's the sick people that need help. And, and God is... Uh, that's a good way to put that. God's grace is big enough to cover all of that. Um, and that, but that has been a wrestling point for me. Yeah. So, um, Christianity is all about loving your neighbor, loving thy neighbor, loving thy neighbor. So why do we see a lot of Christians lashing out against like the homosexuality, homosexual crowd and the, you know, Am I getting at that right? <laughs> the LGBTQ community. Yeah, I don't know if that was the correct like, terminology. Why, but, why are yes. the ones that are supposed to love the most judged the most? 
judging the most. Judging the most. Right. Absolutely. I think that words are hard, man. And Christianity, whether we're on the subject of homosexuality or or other things, I think it's really easy to um, have this self righteous uh, mentality. It's really easy to want to want to cast that stone. Yeah. Um. When really we should be approaching in a in a more loving way, even when we disagree with people. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I think especially when we disagree with people. Jesus talks about if you if you love the if you only love those that are easy to love, what's that worth? Yeah. Like, loosely paraphrasing, um, if you, it, it really, where it, where the wheels hit hit the road is uh, loving those who, who aren't who are hard to love, loving those who like you want to hate in a sense, loving those who just bug the crap out of you that drive you up the wall, like that's when Christ really shows. If you only love those who are or easy to love what's it worth okay so let's stay on the the homosexual thing okay are you okay with it not okay with it i uh i don't believe that was uh god's design no so you're not okay with it yeah but just be just because i'm not okay with that doesn't mean i think that you're any worse of a person than i am i think that um that we all have um different vices in our lives that uh, that we wrestle with. Um, but I think that, but just because I disagree with that doesn't mean I'm in support of lashing out against the LGBT, LGBTQ community. Yeah. I don't think that's, that's right, and I don't think that's what Jesus would have either. Um, there's a story in the Bible. Um, um, now I'm loosely paraphrasing this too. Um, but basically an angry mob bringing in this adulterous woman. She's been, I believe they're inside uh, the temple at this point, but not, not positive on, on, on that detail. But basically this angry mob brings in this woman who's been caught in the act of adultery. She's been cheating with this married man, and she's bruised and beaten at this point. And they, they drag her and they throw her in front of Jesus. And they, and they tell Jesus what she's done, that she's been out adultering. And um, basically... Uh, the Old Testament says that, that she should be killed. What do you say that we do? Um, and the Bible says that Jesus um, kind of squatted down and drew something in, in, in the sand and was kind of quiet for a moment and said um, that he who is without sin should cast the first stone. And it said from oldest to youngest, all at once they departed. Um and then Jesus picks up this this woman who I'm sure has been beaten and is probably like half stripped naked at this point by this angry mob that has dragged her in and thrown her in front of Jesus. And he looks at her and he says, does no one accuse you? Then neither do I. And just the the weeping and the, and the, the amount of grace that uh, is, is given there and, and and the weeping that this woman is, is doing and because she's been offered much grace because her life has been spared from this angry mob. Um, I think that's the approach that a lot of Christians can miss on stuff. Yeah. And that's how Jesus would handle things. Is there a spot where um, God is judge and God will weigh our rights and wrongs? Yes. But ultimately, God is judge. Um, So it's not our job to judge other people. Yes. Because no one's perfect. Absolutely. Does that now, does that mean that we can't have a measure of right and wrong? No, because we all have measures of right and wrongs. And, um, but we don't want. Okay, so in the Old Testament, it talked about killing homosexuals. 
if a man lay with another man it's like an abomination with a woman he will i don't know i forgot what i said but pretty much kill him or stone him whatever so do you think we still should kill the homosexuals no i think that uh there's some stuff in the old testament that we should be taking more of our cues from the new testament stuff now from what so now we're cherry picking i don't think we're cherry picking i think that there's old covenant and new covenant and with the new covenant some of the, some of the things from uh, the old covenant are are no more because of the new covenant that that came about because of Christ. Now I'm again I'm not an expert on Levitical law. I know that there are some people that could really like pin this down and can, and can like point out some stuff. Well, okay, this is cleared because of because of what Jesus did here. I'm not an expert on Levitical law, so I don't know that I can answer that more specifically for you. Yeah, so for me, like if that can change, then. Now that homosexuality is okay for the most part, then it's just like a societal change. I don't think it's a societal change because that was Jesus being on this earth and and his work still happening. At this point, the Bible has uh, the Bible's uh, closed and shut in the sense that, that nothing is being added and nothing should be taken away, that it is what it is. And there's no corrections being made at this point um and so the, at that so why it, did the why did the old testament need fixing because the, jesus came as the perfect sacrifice where at that point they did not have that perfect sacrifice and so with that came other changes hmm seems convenient i i don't think it's convenient i so okay so how will we ever know let's go how far since there's so many religions, you take you take Christianity, but how far into like politics or school should we go with religion? Do you think religion should affect our politics and school? Public school. That's a tricky one. I think that can be a slippery slope and once uh, one religion steps in more, then that opens the gate for other religions. Yeah. Um, and so... That's, that's tough. Um, I think it's a slippery slope, and I think um, if you let one in, then others have rights as well, that you can have um, Muslims and even Satan worshipers coming, like claiming their right on that as well. Um, so I... So we say, you I, say I, no religion and politics and school. If you, if you were voting for somebody and... Say you're voting for president, and the two people left. One's Christian, one's Mormon. View change? Like, do you make that decision because you're like, well, that guy's. I mean, I don't care for his views, but he is Christian, so I'm probably probably gonna vote for that guy. I would think that if this Christian is a real deal believer and is true in his faith, um, then I think his beliefs would more or less align with mine. Not that they have to align to a T, because even within Christianity, we have uh, different denominations where people. But like, disagree. what if like not, not even you know talking about his religious views i mean obviously he comes out says he's christian whatever but like you see his political views and you're like that does not flow with what i'm doing like that's going to affect me you know in a huge way if what this if what this politician or whoever was representing did not did not jive with the bible then i would not be voting for him but if if what he is standing if the ideas that he is standing by do not go against the word of God and he's claiming to be a, a believer, then yeah. Um, and if we're talking between a Christian and a Mormon, then I think I would 
take take the Christian. All all things being equal, um, because ultimately he's well. Let's say they're not equal. Let's say <laughs> okay. Well, well no, now we're just, at, I just now this is a different I wanna, argument. Well, no, I want to make sure that you know. Okay, paint the picture for me. Okay, I know. I need to make it more clear. I think is what I what I need to do. What I'm saying is, let's say political views. The Mormon guy is right on cue with you. You're like, that's exactly what I need. That's going to benefit mm-hmm. me. That's what I need. Do you sway because you're like, well, he's Mormon. And he's he clearly comes out and says it. He's very proud of it. Do you do you sway your opinion? Does, it, does religion play in politics for you? Um, so I guess if what this Christian is standing up for does drives again, does not align with the word of God, if he's... Uh, Four policies that that I believe the Bible is clear on, um, then I would, or if he's, I'm sorry, if he's not for those policies that I believe the Bible is clear on, <laughs> and in that sort of direction, then he would not have my vote. Okay, so you wouldn't vote for gay sex marriages just because of what you feel, even though societal societally it's uh, widely wanted. Yeah, that's correct. That's kind of your religion creeping into politics a little bit. I think that's me having my. Uh, I think that's me make, being able to make my my decision, and that's part of our autonomous society. Is that um, we live in a society where where people want to decide what they want, people want to decide the, the laws that they follow by, and they are uh, and they are their own authority. I guess yeah. does that does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that, I think. I'm allowed to have have my Christian faith and be able to vote on things that that I want. Yeah. That and but the things that I want are going to be because of my faith. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I'm out of step for uh, voting for principles that support my religion by any means. Just as much as because now, yeah, that makes now sense. now we can take the idea of religion out of it. Now I'm voting for my preferences, just yeah. the same way you'd vote for your preferences. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so let's go back to uh, virginity and no premarital sex. So you believe in being a virgin until you're married. Yes, sir. And you are indeed a virgin. Yes, sir. All right. So your interpretation of uh, virgin is no sexual intercourse. Yes, sir. Okay. And does that include hand stuff or other things? I'm not asking if you've done it, but I'm just saying, does, is that included in the virginity? From what I've seen and heard, I think there's a lot of people that believe that virginity just deals with sexual intercourse. I don't know why you say sexual intercourse. Isn't just intercourse? Everybody knows what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, intercourse. Yeah. Well, anyways, I digress. What do you think, Zach? I would say that um, virginity just just applies to intercourse. Does it? What is it in the Bible? Does it say like strictly? I mean, obviously we don't know. Does it? Like, what is it? Do you know what it says in the Bible exactly, or does it just? It's, it talks about sexual immorality, which is, I think, is the most common phrasing of it. Um, but really... That really sounds like any sexual act to me. Right. And I, I would agree. Um, but I think most people key in on, on virginity to, to marriage. But I would agree that all sexual immorality is, is immorality, as defined by the Bible. Okay. So if you were to do it before marriage, are you like the ultimate sinner or I don't. Is it just e- as easy as repenting and then you're good to go? I think it's as easy as repenting and <laughs> I, I. Okay, 
pause. I, it's, it's as easy as repenting and then you're good to go, but that's not how it actually works. It's never as actually, like, it's, it's well, a struggle. I think we touched on it earlier. Like, it's not that you can be like, oh, I screwed up. So I'm just going to be like, hey, God, yeah, my bad. No, yeah. no, I get that. It's yeah, not yeah. like... It's got, he's got to see the change. He has to yeah. know that you actually... It, it's it's the matter of the heart, right. which, which and heart matters aren't... Um, flip the switch. I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. Oh, I just... It's cool. Like... Well, for me, so for me, it's kind of, I'm going to flip a switch in like two months. So I'm not married now. I'm sinning every time I have intercourse. But when I'm married and this I sign a piece a of paper. Sorry, what? Shut up. <laughs> when I'm married and I sign a piece of paper in two months and say my vows, then I'm good to go. You know what I mean? Like, that's such a little detail I would say that uh, Christianity kind of makes a big deal out of for me. I would say that, um, well, a couple things on, on that thought. I would say that that we're talking about int- intimacy before commitment, mm-hmm. and I would say that you and Jennifer are the exception to the rule on this. Oh, the exception. Most people like it, it doesn't work like that. Like, yeah, um, if you're, you don't typically just um, sleep. Like, you don't typically just date one person in high school. And then end up sleeping with that person and end up marrying that one person. I just, I feel like we're arguing for for the margin instead of the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that, I think there was still no covenant made between Jennifer and God uh, in your relationship. And now, I want something you said earlier. Does that make you the ultimate sinner? I want to stop you right there and say no. That there is no, there is no sin that's that's too big. There is no sin that like. <laughs> All sin is equal before God. There is no hierarchy of sins. Okay. There is no like, ah, this one's okay, but this one, oh, this one's really bad. Yeah. Like, there isn't in our eyes, um, and from a worldly perspective, and even from a judicial and law perspective that that we practice here in America and throughout the world, um, and how we punish uh, people for doing different things, for yeah. committing different crimes. But in God's eyes, it's it's all the same. It's yeah. sin is sin. It's, and so I don't want you to get the idea that um, you are some that you are a greater sinner than others because you've done that. You are just as much of a sinner as I am, even though we have not done the same thing. Okay. Well, why? So I know I'm just, I'm jumping all around, but it's great conversation. Why does God care so much that I do this? So why God cares about uh, sex outside the confines of marriage? Um, I think that opens up for a lot of heartache in relationships that would not otherwise be there. Um, the Bible talks about um, in marriage, the two becoming one. And part of that is through sex and because of not just the, while the physical is definitely there, but it's also a, a big emotional attachment too. Um, from what I understand, I have, clearly have not experienced this. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think people get left, left hurt. Um, I think that there could be, Feeling like they, they gave a lot to this person or to this relationship. Yeah. And um, that really should have been saved from marriage because otherwise they would not have had this heartache. So what about uh, the people that like don't have sex, don't live with each other, and then they get married and then they do have sex and live with each other and it's like they don't like it. Like they could have figured that out before getting married, before they had all this legal paperwork to take care of, this and that, if they would have just tried it out before. I think that if they are truly committed to one another, there's room to grow in that. And I think that um, the Bible talks about marriage and basically being self-sacrificial. Um, the Bible talks about um, wives submit to your husbands and husbands uh, sacrifice yourself to the wives as Christ gave himself to the church. 
Yeah. So just being this mutual self-sacrificial thing where you're like tr- constantly trying to seek one another's uh, good and, and benefit. And I think when that is executed well, I don't, I think that when there has, when there has been no sex before marriage and then maybe they're a little out of sync when they first get married, I think that that will be, that can be ironed out and um, the couple can learn from one another. And, and those, those are details that, that will be figured out. And especially as if, if they are doing as God commands and following the instruction that God has of, of self-sacrificial marriage. So someone gets married, has sex, divorces, remarries, has sex with somebody else, all good. Yeah, more or less. Well, the Bible Your says faith not, says no. You're not supposed to get divorced unless there's a really big reason. Well, okay, whatever that reason may be, but you get divorced. More or less is if it's in the confines of marriage, yes. So, but like, I'm a huge supporter in cohabitation because I feel like you don't even you you can't fully know someone until you live with them. Yes and no. I, I think that there's some truth to that statement, but also if you are in a spot to where you know that you are that compatible with someone to, to whatever point you can learn before living with them. I think if you guys are both self-sacrificial and living and having a marriage life in the design that God has laid out, I think the details will be ironed out. With, I don't know. The The divorce rate, though, is pretty high. It is you don't pretty high. Think, you don't think that's attributed to what I'm saying? I, I don't think so. mostly because people aren't following in. I would, I would say it's because people seek after their own good. And I'm not... I really, I don't want to be coming off as self-righteous here or that I have it all figured out and these people are sinners and they're stupid and idiots or that like, that you're an awful person for what you're doing because I don't want to communicate that at all. Um, but rather when people are living um, in the way that God has designed, I think that there's lots of grace that comes with that. And when people miss that and when people live selfishly, the same way that I can live selfishly, I think then that's where you see things go sideways in marriages. When people don't communicate, when people... Um, aren't emotionally available when people um, just are selfish and only seeking their own good instead of their spouses, I think that's when you see things crumble. Do you think people can do those things, communicate, be unselfish without religion? To a point, but not, not to the, not without, uh, not fully without the Holy Spirit. And even with the Holy Spirit, it's going to be played out imperfectly. But without the whole, without the Holy Spirit working inside of you and and guiding you through that, I think that because uh, I could argue that I'm a pretty good person without religion, without following strict religion. You know what I mean? And I would I would just beg the question to that: um, what 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 are you measuring yourself to when it's a good person? Just everybody else on this earth who's who's just as screwed up, or or to God? Because, and that's that's my thing. Because um, I can get on the, on that bent too sometimes. Just in in my own mind, being self righteous, thinking I'm a pretty good person. But yeah. that's when I'm comparing myself to other people on this earth, and and that's not what God calls us to. God calls us to be comparing ourselves to Him, to be chasing after Him. Um, because on this on this earth, there's always going to be somebody that you're better than, and always going to be somebody that you're worse than. And getting caught in either trap is is heartache, or will eventually lead to heartache. Hmm. Um, but if we're comparing ourselves to Christ and chasing after him, then, then we can see that, um, our good deeds are like filthy rags. We constantly fall short, but grace abounds in that and that there is grace and love to help fill in the gaps and to help us through that. 
does that kind of yeah no that makes yeah it's good makes a lot of sense i just with with sex before marriage i just think that there's a lot of room for heartache i think that there's um even things as simple as stds going around which can be awful std and aids and then we even have stuff like pregnancies and people single parents raising kids that like um with uh... absentee fathers that really just kind of go on to haunt that that kid's formative years because that was outside of the confines of marriage no yeah i totally agree with these these rules that are set out most of them but i i don't like how black and white it is I say there's different situations, there's different time periods, there's different things that we should be looking at. I don't think it should be black and white, like, no, you can't be gay. No, even though you've dated for 10 years and you're about to get married, you can't have sex. Like, there's certain situations that I feel are different. I think I agree with you to a point, but I also believe that. Do you think God sees it that way? That God sees things black and white? No, I mean, like what he said, do you think God sees situations? Or does he see it black and white? Does he look at Kyler and say, oh, you dated your fiance for years? I think in Kyler's case, God has kind of laid out what what he thinks of that. Um, but, I guess I'm a sinner. And it's but, only been six years. We all um, ten. But. but I'm a sinner just the same. And so I don't want you to feel like that you're a much, any more of a sinner. Um, and on the subject of, of how God looks at things, probably are. Um, <laughs> God, God looks at the heart. God looks at your intentions. God looks at what at your heart, much more so than, than your outward appearance mm-hmm. and much more so. And while your actions will display what's on your heart most of the time, yeah, God is looking at your heart in that capacity, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, kind of on a, a different thought, uh, Something that you said earlier just kind of caught my mind. I think you were talking about like uh, sin and fun and all that stuff that's out there. Yeah. Um, I think it's really easy for believers and non-believers alike. And I myself have found myself in in this thought process too of that God has laid out all these rules and he doesn't want me to, to go outside, <laughs> go outside the road and have fun over here in the, in the grass in no the park. No fun for you. And I think it's really easy to, to think that way. Yeah, um, when yeah we, I kind of feel like tied down. And I, I understand that thought process. Um, if we think of it like this, 25-year-old taking care of a, of a baby and an infant, and that and that infant wants to stick a fork in an outlet, and you're like, no, don't do that. Like, that's going to hurt. Yeah. And and uh, and then we have, so how much more does that 25-year-old know than, than that infant? And how much more does a 45-year-old know than a 25-year-old? And a 65-year-old than a 45-year-old? And how much more does God know than an 80-year-old, than God does God know who's infinite than all of us? If yeah. God is grand creator of all, and if God has set up all these things, it's not like, no, I don't want you going over here and having fun down this path. I don't want you to going having ha- having fun. It's like, no, I don't want you going down this path. I know what's down here. This is going to end up in, in heartache. This is going to end up in hurt. This is going to end up in brokenness. Don't go here. Stay here. Here, I, I'll lead you to righteousness. Here, I'll lead you to, 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 to full joy in me. It's yeah. It's not like God's trying to keep you out of fun. It's that he's trying to keep you out of, out of hurt. And I think, and I've been, been in that thought process too, I, I, even as a believer. And I know many believers as well that can really feel like God's trying to keep them in this box to where yeah. they can't have fun. Well, then you're basing it just off faith. I wish there was like a little bit of freaking, it, it's, some it, evidence would be nice, you know? 
how many? Uh, okay, like besides, <laughs> I mean, outside of the manuscript stuff, like even stuff like, okay, now we're back to premarital sex. Um, we have an imaginary. We have me and my fake girlfriend, and and my girlfriend gets pregnant, and I leave, and now my girlfriend is stuck raising this kid. Yeah, isn't well, that's is, if you're an is, e- immoral piece of crap? But. Isn't that evident? Isn't isn't like? But not every non-believer is gonna do that. Like if I knock Jenna before we got married, I'm gonna stay with her. You know what I mean? Right. But how many people? I don't think that to say that that's uncommon isn't true. I think that that's very common. It's, yeah, it's common. But but uh, so, but you're saying how about a little proof there on 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 stuff that's gonna hurt you? I, I'm saying. But it's not some... gonna hurt me. So it makes me hard to believe that I need God in order to be a decent person. Like I'm, I'm gonna, you know what I mean. I'm gonna own up to what I do, but I don't need God to. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't need God's rules to know that I need to be a good person. And well, I need, do you think things for well, for you to be a good person, those things that are instilled in you are from because you were absolutely religious as a child? Absolutely, I have things in set in me, but I choose not to follow all of them on purpose. Because I know mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm fine. Like I'm, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not hurting myself. Besides, when I die. But I don't believe that when I die, I'm going anywhere. I think you're just gonna go to sleep. Cause like when you, you, you didn't know before you were born what was going on. Well, so it didn't exist before you were born. Exactly. So when you're gone, you're not gonna exist. You're gone. You know what I mean? There's no. You weren't. I. I would argue, and this is a C.S. Lewis quote, but it, more or less saying that you have never met just a mere mortal soul. That people don't, people's souls go on forever. That people don't just die and there is an end. Like people go on forever, one way or another. Um, and so I, I disagree with you on that point. Yeah. Well, like, so our body's like a circuit, pretty much. Our brain is like little electrons firing off, and that's how we get thought and everything and when that's over there's not any thought left there's nothing see i would argue that you're not a body and you have and you have a soul it's you are a soul and you have a body maybe i guess the only way we're gonna find out is we're gonna have to die so so second episode in about (laughs) 50 years to see where this all pans out all right well let's try to um tie this all up well, yeah. Call you know, last questions. Let's try to let's try to end this thing. So, Zach, in your final not trying to like recruit anybody, but in your final last message, you know, why should someone believe in God? What are the benefits from being, you know, a Christian like yourself? I would say, um I feel like the manuscript evidence that um that I presented today, um, just that alone is kind of rock Pretty dang rock solid. I think if you guys could agree that if we're willing to take Plato's works, Aristotle's, and Homer's Iliad and call those like, oh yeah, this is this is good and this is solid, and if the New Testament has ninety nine point five percent accurate between its twenty four thousand copies that are less than hundred years outdated, or dated out from Jesus's time. Yeah, I think if we're willing to, if we can see that and call that accurate and say that. Jesus walked on this earth. Jesus died on a cross for our sins and three days later rose from the grave. Like, those are cold, hard facts. If Jesus was capable of those things, who is the God behind that? Who is Jesus if he can do that? 
Yeah. And if we can... Well, we don't know. If we can... <laughs> who who is he other than other than God? If if he can die a brutal death and three days later come back from the grave, who else is he? No um, so I would want to leave you with that thought um, and just just some evidence for it. Where there is some faith, there is a jump of faith, but I think in in stuff like this where people want to kind of dismiss that, I think this can often be overlooked and seeing for some rock solid evidence. Um, and I think I would just want to share that in my faith, um, there's peace and joy that comes in the fullness of God, um, that there's a yearning in everybody's heart in this world that for, for something more people want to give their lives to something. I, I, I know that this is true. Um, when I, while I worked at Mount Hermon, we, a friend and I, we went to this Bigfoot museum. Um, just out like a few miles away from camp and it's almost hilarious but it's also sad because this this dude that runs this place has given like everything to finding Bigfoot and for, <laughs> for evidence that shows Bigfoot's real he has different pictures throughout like decades and decades that support this and he is 100% all in on Bigfoot and Sasquatch being real and like in on that mm-hmm. there's this yearning in our hearts to be about something more to give our lives to something yeah. Um, and I think it doesn't, it only takes a couple heartbreaks to know that, that this world is, is shallow and, and empty and there's, and putting your hope in really anything but the cross is going to leave you dissatisfied and disappointed and, and empty and broken. Um, and in that there, and once you realize that nothing else can satisfy, you can turn to the one thing that does. Um, the one thing that there is fullness of joy and fullness of life. Um, Jesus said he came to have to, so that we may have life and have it in abundance. Um, and there's definitely that in this world as we give our lives to Christ. Um, there's peace that passes all understanding and joy, um, much more so than you will ever see otherwise. We get that in this world and so much more in this life to come. So these other people that give their life to other gods and religions, they're getting the joy that you say. I would say no. I think a lot of it's empty. It's empty joy. But what if your God's not real? Has anybody else's God died on the cross and rose from the grave? I haven't studied other ones, but I, I can tell you that them. I can tell you that that there is nobody else that's done that. Well, Absolutely. I I could agree that Jesus walked the earth. I don't know about the resurrection, but I mean, we have the manuscripts that support it. I need to read them, maybe. Maybe I'll read the manuscripts. That's what we really want. We want an episode where Kyler reads manuscripts no. and tries and to Greek decipher and it. Latin, Coptic, and Aramaic. <laughs> no, but we're definitely gonna need you back on, Zach. I got a lot of more stuff yeah, to we, talk about. Um, we covered a lot, yet there's so much more to cover. I have so much more. To we talk have about. so so many more questions, but you know we're we're pretty much at two hours on this episode. Yeah, we're gonna it's wrap. It's been this a long up. conversation. A lot of things learned. Yep. That was great. Um, yeah, we want to thank Zach for coming on and not Thanks holding anything me. back and giving us everything, all of his knowledge yep. um, on religion. As for the podcast, uh, like I, we've said before in previous episodes, we, you can find us on podcast.com. Um, we are on iTunes. However, it is hard to find us <laughs> for yeah. some reason, but we are on there. Um, when we share this episode, we'll put links to everything. 
so you can find it. Won't um, they have already found it if, it if they're listening to this? No, well, we're going to share it is what I'm saying, uh, Zachary. Um, so when we share it, we'll put it on social media. We'll do all that stuff, and we'll put links to everything. Not sure what our next episode is going to be. We um, we have some things in the works, like we said before. We have a lot of segments that we're working through that we're writing up. Um, we got some people that we want to put on, uh, some people we're trying to reach out to. Um, but yeah, we're taking it one step at a time. So like I said before, we want to thank Zach for coming on. He's definitely going to have to be on again. Um, like I said, we could definitely do a part two to this conversation. Um, and I'm sure we could talk about something else. Zach's got you know a lot of points, a lot of um, perspectives. Um, so yeah, we thank you for listening. Thank like you guys. It, share it. Comment. Com- if you guys want to comment, have a response to what Zach says. Um, you can find him here. This is his home address. No, I'm just <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so we will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening. Bye. See ya.